The Creator has hit theaters, and we're going to talk about it on today's edition of Multiverse News, our first ever of the series, Multiverse Reviews. All that right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Welcome to Multiverse News, your source for information about all your favorite fictional universes. My name is Matthew Carroll, and here with me today, the old, the old stalwart co-host of Multiverse News here with me, Jay Scotty St. Clair. What's going on, Jay Scotty? Hey there. I'm doing great. Uh, feeling tried and true, I guess. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you definitely are. Um, well, uh, we have seen The Creator. By yes. Gareth Edwards, previous uh, creator of movies like Rogue One. Um, what? What? Uh, I guess we're gonna we're gonna stick spoiler free for the first few minutes. So if you want to just know how the movie is, but then we will kind of discuss a little more spoilery for a little while too. So uh, what do you think? Of, what do you think of the creator, man? Yeah. So just to provide a little bit of a backdrop, I guess um, this one was one that my anticipation for like slowly really ramped up to. And I think it's kind of interesting getting this kind of like pseudo blockbuster, like right at the end of September, like going into the fall season is kind of an Mm -hmm. anomaly in that regard. And um, I have to say, like, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, I thought it was uh, very, very entertaining. I thought it delivered visually. I thought it was stunning. I got to see it in IMAX. I thought it had some great performances. I thought it had and a great, a, a great emotional through line. So in that sense, I really had a good time with it. Um, all that being said, I do think the hype and the buzz surrounding it may have elevated my expectations just ever, ever so high to where I, I found myself really liking it, but I never like hit that threshold of like absolutely loving it like I expected to. So mm-hmm. it's kind of where I'm at. How how did you enjoy your experience with the creator? Man, I found yeah, I, similar. I'm similar place to you. Great movie. Really, yeah. really great. Wonderful little tale and like um, just stellar acting all the way around. Stellar directing. Very like uh, wonderful aesthetic. Very Neil Blomkamp aesthetic. True. Uh, Agreed. For like very, very much stealing from that realm of things, which, you know, steals from a million other things. But sure. it's very much reminding me of like District 9, um, oh, Elysium, yeah. movies like that. Um, really, really great movie, but I think the trailer, like, I didn't, I didn't even hear the hype. Like, we talked about it on Multiverse News. I'm not sure I would have even known this movie existed if not for our show, Multiverse News. I have not really been hearing much about this movie. So I actually didn't feel like the hype was that high, but then I saw the trailer and I was like, this looks amazing this could be the kind of movie that comes out under the radar but then stays in theaters killing it for months months because it's just you know kind of like that everything ever all at once where it's like sure. 
and barely know this movie's coming out, and then like it's just in the box office, kind of this steady trickle because it's so good, and people keep going back and stuff. Right. So I just had this really like, I I had really high expectations too, and uh-huh. I will say I don't think it met them, um, for sort of specific reasons, which. I don't know. Part of it, I don't know whether to get into it in the spoiler. Well, I want to talk. Th- I want to talk about the thematics of it, but I was, like, okay. I was going to ask if it was like story reason because I think you can say that much without saying whether. Or not. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's it's a strange thing. Like, I knew from the trailer this movie is going to be about learning to empathize with AI. Sure. Like, just clearly, that's the story. Right. It, it, it's about a little boy AI and a guy who's like. Very last of us, like you know, taking on a younger uh, being and learning to care about them. I sure. can tell that from the trailer. It's the Terminator story. It's the whatever. Like it's it's all of those things. Yeah. Um, but it's so beautifully shot and so beautifully done that I had this idea that it was going to really make a statement about empathy. Mm-hmm. That I feel like is lacking in the movie. I feel like it lacks a clear morality tale. Like it's so, um, it because of some of the specific choices in the story, which we'll get into in the spoilers. I mm-hmm. feel like it sort of didn't hit me like I wanted it to. Like I wanted to, I wanted it to be revelatory, which is a huge ask to ask any sure. movie to give me like, like a revelation about. Right any like any i'm an adult you know like i get you know i'm an adult i've thought about empathy my whole life so like yeah. when i when i sit down to watch a movie and i just want it to uh it did have some great surprises though there sure. are some great emotional beats that are really liked and the world building is spectacular oh yeah for sure 100 percent. but that core story we'll get into it more in the spoiler section but like i, I that's core story left some left me wanting something okay yeah, I think we're on the same page in that sense. And you mentioned that the movie borrows heavily like on an aesthetic level from stuff like District 9 or Elysium, and I think those are great calls, and I agree. And I think that can be really said about this movie as a whole. Like, it's Gareth Edwards, the director of Rogue One. It's his first, you know, directorial effort since that film. And mm. in a lot of ways, like, I, I, you know, without getting super spoilery, I think this film borrows heavily from Rogue One in a visual mm. sense as well as 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 some of the plot devices but we can you know we can yeah. get into that um i can see that and, and definitely <laughs> there are moments that i was like this is star wars like sure. this is just yeah. star wars yeah no um doubt. and and the mo- not most of the movie let me say, say like there were right. definitely like a lot of the movie felt very original um but there were b- definitely moments where i was like this is just straight out of star wars um, sure. we'll get sure. again get into it in the spoiler section um yeah. but yeah uh, so, so before we get move into the spoiler section, any other like sort of like qualitative things you felt about the movie? Okay, um, I guess we can talk about the score and the music without getting super spoilery. So, <laughs> I found myself of like uh, two minds on that one. Like, there, there's a couple of instances where we enter like heavy action sequences, and they come in with like a just blaring kind of song. And one instance, like early on in the film, I thought worked really well and helped like just create this vibe and this kind of like techno future espionage feel and then later on in the movie i felt like it just took me completely out of it so Mm. um apart from that i thought hans zimmer's score like really really elevated this thing um and and sold me on the world building and just the intensity of the action and the drama as well i don't know if it's one of those scores like i'll go back and listen to like you know just 
on a whim or something like that, but it really serves the movie well. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I think the, I, I didn't, <laughs> I felt my emotions elevated and nothing bothered me. And that's about okay. as good as I can say about a score. Yeah. I, I'm not a big, it's so funny. I said this, I think on a couple weeks ago on um, MCU cast, I'm not a big score guy. Like I, right. I notice it when it's bad sure. and I notice it when it hits me in the feels, but that's about it. Like, I don't, I'm just not a guy who even, well, if it's, if it's working, yeah, it, it's kind of background, it's background noise for yeah. me, which is, is what it's intended to be to some degree. Yeah. I mean, in, in some ways that's the greatest compliment you can give a, an artist or a creator, if you will. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. If, if these things go unnoticed, because that's what all of this is about, it's, it's, you know, fabricating things to elicit an emotion out of you. So if it can do that without you noticing, it's it's doing its job and it's doing mm-hmm. it well. Yeah, it's supporting the story, and that's when I think it's it's most effective. But there were a few like sort of needle drop type things in this one. Oh yeah, that yeah, yeah, I think sure. like worked really well for the most part. But yeah, it's, it's interesting in this kind of future movie. Which oh, that's one thing. Well, I guess we won't. That, let's move into spoilers. Um, sure. So it, yeah, yeah. If before we do that, if you if they have not seen it, should okay. they see it? Do you think it's uh, worth paying your eighteen dollars or whatever? Yeah, I would recommend seeing it in theaters. I think that's going to elevate the experience. And if you can see it in IMAX, I would recommend seeing it in IMAX. I do think just from like a visceral experience, it's it's just an incredibly well-made film and super entertaining. And I, I think that's the way it should be experienced if you can if you can afford it and make it to a theater to see it. How about you? Um, man, I'm really torn because okay. I think this movie is really wonderfully made and really high quality for what it is, but I also feel like it could... I don't know that it moves the conversation forward for this type of sci-fi epic. Okay. Does that make sense? So in that sense, I could wait for streaming and feel okay about it. And I hate to say that, because it is an original IP science fiction epic. I love that. Yeah. But when I see original IP science fiction epic, I want it to like be doing something new, something different. Yeah. And I don't think this achieves that necessarily. It's sure. just cobbled together from a bunch of stories. Let me say this. If you want a moment of real emotion, like there's some really great emotional beats in this movie. Agreed. Really, really wonderful great emotional beats. If you just want to go for that alone, it's worth it. Um, but if you were looking for something new... I think it can. I think it can wait for DVD or whatever. Okay. Not DVD. That's not a thing anymore. Uh, I think you make some great points, and it does make me recognize a bias within myself. Like I think I'm compelled to say go see it in the theaters because of the point you made exactly. It's an original IP, mm-hmm. and like thinking about this year, like I think this is like one of three movies. Like thinking about like Megan back in January, and then like Elemental, which still comes from Pixar, like a known house studio, mm-hmm. and then this film. So. Um, in that sense, like, yeah, I would love for people to tell Hollywood, like, this is what we want, original stories. Right, but yeah. you do make another good, like, kind of counterpoint. Like, I don't know if, if I'd use the word cobbled, but this movie does, like, we've <laughs> already brought up, like, it, it wears a lot of these influences on its sleeve. But I do think it succeeds in taking all these various influences. Like, Blade Runner comes to mind, Terminator, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. And it does, you know, present an interesting and compelling story while it might not reach the heights of some of these celebrated classics. Like, I don't know if this will stand toe-to-toe as a, like, science fiction classic, but I do think it will, It'll, in hindsight, like, it will be revisited fondly as a solid entry. First off, Jay Scotty, 
I will not have you defaming the name of cobblers everywhere. Cobblers okay. are craftsmen <laughs> who who really work at their shoemaking. That's fair. And like, you know, they, they, they get those materials for other places, but they come together to form a fine product. But sometimes it's just a shoe, you know? Sometimes it's just a shoe. Well, you're absolutely right for another reason. I love a good peach cobbler. I'll take cobbler over like cake like any day. Give me a good cobbler. <laughs> Uh, oh, we'll say this too. Maybe this is sort of a spoiler section. I won't. I won't spoil anything. Um, this this movie could go on to be a classic if sure. it made a sequel, because I feel like mm. there's a lot of room for a sequel in this movie, given the world they've created. Okay. I think there's tons of room for a sequel, and if that went on to higher heights, I could see this being this like you know it's it's like Terminator Two to Terminator One, right? Sure. Terminator One's this great little gritty horror movie. Terminator Two is the sci-fi epic. So it, you right. know you get that. I could totally see this being the smaller story that leads to something more sweeping in the future. Um, Interesting. I don't know. And and may, and kind of in retrospect, this one feeling like man, look at how much they got right in that first one. You know, because mm. uh, it is it is pretty flawlessly done i, I don't yeah. want to say anything bad about it really except for that it's just to me to isn't a new it isn't it bring too much new to the conversation i guess um mm. let's get into spoilers because i'm yeah. i'm just at this point yammering on um what <laughs> do you good. so spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert three times beetlejuice appears and now we can talk about spoilers yes. um we say spoiler alert three times and spoilers appear. <laughs> what I was getting at about with the empathy thing is like, I really wanted some sort of new statement about empathy. And the one thing I didn't want was just like, the child is really cute and they made a child version and that makes you empathetic towards her. You know what I mean? Like that, that's sure. the one I didn't want. Um, and then I sort of watched the movie and I was kind of looking for what are they going to say about empathy? Because that's what this movie's about. It's about like crossing the lines and like understanding the other side of a war and all this stuff. Right. They did some things I really liked and some things I didn't. When he realizes that Maya was the creator and mm -hmm. that like even before he, he also realizes it's sort of his his creation. It's sort of based on him, which is yeah. so, so a lot of it was like a lot of reasons to have empathy for this child, some of which I was like, Oh, that's a great, beautiful reason. And and one sure. of them being that Maya has great empathy for these beings. Right, And Maya wasn't just like a daughter of the creator. She was the creator herself. And so there's a sort of thing about like he, someone you love showing you that empathy is possible and showing you that it's important. And then you, that's, that is one way people are sort of de-radicalized, you know, against, you know, uh, their biases. Mm. Um, and I, and I, I liked that. The, the ones I really didn't like were like, he, she's really cute. Uh, so you like her. And mm. because it's, kind of your DNA is in there. You like her. Sure. <laughs> and like, there's just like, some of them were like, sort of like in my mind, just kind of bad reasons, but like, but, but it also, so by saying nothing about empathy, I feel like it kind of said everything, which is kind of what I ended up liking in a wet, weird way, because okay. I don't think it said anything specific about this is the thing that causes the empathy, but it had right. a bunch of breadcrumbs that led to different reasons why he has empathy for the child. Sure. And, I think that's kind of how empathy works. And so yeah. like in a way by saying nothing profound, it kind of said it, it was profound in that weird okay. way by saying kind of like it, it all is part of the picture of empathy. Anyway, that's kind of the thing I was looking for from this movie that I didn't get. Sure. I think you do bring up some valid points there and it kind of, 
I think helps contextualize some of my thoughts because like I think about John David Washington's character, Joshua Taylor, and like, you know, he is the character that we're, we're seeing this, this movie through his eyes, mm-hmm. um, basically the, the entire thing here. And, um, I, th- I think I agree with you. Like, um, you made the comparison to like Logan and, and like many stories we've seen where it's like this hardened, uh, character with some weaknesses and some faults that takes a, a young character that they have to defend on this journey. And it ends up being mm-hmm. a bonding and, and self-discovery kind of experience for both of them. And I think you, you talking about like the story of empathy at the core there. It, it's, it's kind of like what you said. It never said anything like definitively about that. And therefore the character of Joshua, I felt like he suffered a little bit because mm-hmm. of that, because like Josh, John David Washington's doing a great job conveying a lot of this emotional and the, and the journey that he goes on. I was sold in that regard, but I do think like about that scene as much as it his his sacrifice there at the end like it worked for me and I, I welled up when they had their tearful goodbye there but I think it was when they said like he said I love you Alfie and she said I love you back like that felt a little unearned to me it's like okay how did we get there like at the beginning of this movie he was having mm. the argument with Maya and he says they're not people Maya and you see him when he's yeah, on the job with that other woman he just cuts that that cord of that robot and she's freaking out like that was a person he's like no it was just programming and you know you do have the scene where he gets that like kind of like spun back at him and, and he has to like feel how that feels. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Even as I'm saying it, maybe I'm a little bit more sold on the, uh, the, the journey that, that we do get um, no, taken on there with him. I'm sold on it. I don't mean to say yeah. I'm not sold on his journey, okay. but I, I, I guess I, and, and this is, and it can be very cheesy to do this. So I uh-huh. understand the sort of um, reason why they wouldn't do this but they don't really ever make a solid statement about what empathy is or what it causes it or what what it it's like a lot of things go into it i mean i feel Mm. like when he's teaching her things there's this sort of sense of oh right like there's a sort of sense of parenting and like you teach someone something and you root for them and there's Mm -hmm. there's a sense of there's Another idea might be that the danger they're put in causes the, the protective nature of okay. the character because he spent a bunch of time undercover. We don't know, yeah. but it was year, probably a year or two. I don't know. At least he, long yeah. enough that she's they've fallen in love and have a baby on the way. Um. <laughs> so at least as long as it took that belly to expand. Um. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, but like. He was around that entire time. He was around uh, those uh, robots, the simulants, yeah, the simulants, and like he didn't have any empathy for them. You know right. what I mean? Like yeah. it's just so. What's different? And I feel like there's there should have been a thing, concrete thing to grab onto to say like this is what's different about this experience that caused or or uh, in in the more common thing, it's like the uh, the the case in in many many movies. They make it the case where like. When it's this kind of story, uh, Avatar or sure. uh, e- even District Nine, it's like the first—it's the first time you feel. It's the first time you really have a deep experience with that creature that you start having empathy for them. Right. Um, but they made it. They made the plot so that his character had spent years with them, had no empathy for them whatsoever, only cared about her, right. and then someone who he thought was so incredibly wrong i mean i'm sure they had to have had these conversations before like the fact that she believes they're real she also says you said you were out at one point which means she knew he had been like a crusader against them before so like 
it it just feels like there was some missing uh real change except for the fact that he just spent like whatever four days with a child which just mm-hmm. feels if it's all programming it just feels manipulative <laughs> you know what i mean okay. like, like yeah, sure. they made it child shaped so like now you're going to like it more like it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't really feel uh like they, they told they, now. I feel like as the audience, we do experience another thing they have. They have they show their internal lives by showing their religion. Uh, okay. They go through some phases where he's walking around, seeing their temples and stuff, and they're sure. praying. And some of that may felt very much like, oh, they have internal lives. They're not just these 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 uh, programs. Yeah, yeah. The other line that I think really kind of helps to solidify the empathy that we as the audience are supposed to feel for the AI is when Ken Watanabe's character, I believe his name is Haroon. He's kind of having that conversation with Joshua after, um, I think Joshua has been taken captive, but he says something to the effect, like, do you know what would happen if the West Mm. won the war? Nothing. We would all just live in peace. Like we don't have anything against humanity. Like we're just defending ourselves in this war. And the bomb that dropped was actually a human error. So yeah, yeah. yeah. They reinforced that a couple of times. That was one of my least favorite things about the movie. Interesting. Okay. And it's because that's not how war works. Like hate grows on both sides. Violence grows on both sides. Like sure. Instead of like making them out to be real people. It made them out to be sort of these, these perfect creations in that sense. I think that's fair. Sure. And, and I wanted a little more like they're worth caring about, even if they do want to kill you back, you know, they're still, they still have moral value. Like if if they're fighting their war, it's because you're trying to kill them. Like the, the statement could have been something like that. Do you know why we fight? Yeah. Because you're trying to exterminate us. Like, we're not trying to fight you. Like, the fact, the idea of just, like, we would do nothing. We, we're, we're, we're all, all of us. That almost, like, to me, proves that it is programming. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the idea that, like, oh, we would never do anything to harm you. It's like, oh, well, that sounds like that's part of your programming. If you have millions of creatures that are unique, some of them would be violent. And some sure. of them even seem violent, you know? Like, there's, there's moments where they're really fighting and stuff, and they seem, uh, like, the, the, one, the ones that come to kill him when he's, like, hanging out uh, in that, in that, with that, with that, with that, they bomb that one place and kill that guy's uh, sim girlfriend or oh, whatever. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And he's wearing the face of, of another sim we just saw die in another scene, that cop sim. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, exactly he seemed like he was a little more, like, like, enjoying the violence or ready to pounce and he's like going in there to kill him you know and yeah. it's, it's it just seems like there could have been a better arc to that that to me that that line made me feel like they oversimplified the world it, a little bit yeah I, I think oversimplified is a great word for it and you do get like these nice little vignettes where like i think about the sequence where you see one of the robots like leaning back and he's like smoking something and it's like why, why would a robot smoke something or like in this world of like where ai has evolved like and they are sentient intelligence like they still like find ways to want to check out of reality, even though they're like, you know, binary creatures. But uh, mm-hmm. no, I, I, as you were describing that whole scenario, and I think they're like, they're right on the cusp of, of having these, you know, the AI society really fleshed out and feel 
like something more lived in and real. And I, I couldn't help but make the comparisons to like another sci-fi franchise, Planet of the Apes. And I think about the dawn of the Planet of the Apes, where that one does a great job, where the you're rooting for the apes, the apes feel innocent, the apes feel like they're oppressed, but you do have these these unsavory apes within the ranks that like make that comp that conflict just feel that much more compelling. And I do think you're absolutely right. Like I think this movie would have benefited from from something like that. I do think it falls victim of like the AI just kind of feeling like these like perfect innocent creatures therefore mm. kind of unrealistic and even their original sin of the bomb they explained was a coding error yeah yeah for sure they watched the sims hands completely you know sure and that's that's fine that's the story he's telling it's it's a story about like misplaced anxiety which is sure totally fair but to me like and i think that's a beautiful story to tell right now there's tons of that going on in the world mm-hmm. uh but to me once you've been at war for years there's nothing wrong with wanting to fight back. You know, it wouldn't be a bad thing for those those guys to want to defend themselves. Uh, yeah. and, and it would that's that's the complication of war that is is kind of left out there. Um, mm-hmm. man, let me say, scene that just completely ripped my heart out was that I did not expect at all, and I don't know why I didn't, but it surprised me. Whatever he did, whatever magic he did in the theater to misdirect me. Okay. I did not expect him to get his one minute with his wife. Okay. Yeah. I didn't expect it. I like, I I knew I thought about when he left her there on the ground, uh-huh. I was like, Oh, they might like, she might get up. She might help them. I, th- I was thinking like, she might show up in the final reel to stop a bad guy from killing them or, you know, some, something like she might come back kind of that, uh, Lord of the Rings thing where you like, you, you know, you know, there's an army off somewhere. They're going to ride in at the last second or whatever. Sure. Sure. But then something he did in the theater made me completely forget about her. Yeah. And it was probably the fact that that beautiful scene when he's letting Alfie go in the escape pod. Yeah. Um, and, and I just completely forgot about her laying on the ground and then he walks back into the field and they get this beautiful scene the world's falling down around them and they're walking to towards each other in like a green field it was just Uh uh-huh freaking gorgeous it was yeah absolutely absolutely um i kind of want to talk about the like the technology that allowed that whole scene to take place like what did you think about like this this movie does some cool things with technology in terms of like the sims just like having human faces but then having like these hollowed out like bases of their skull like really really interesting stuff but they had this this piece of technology where they could basically resurrect someone if they had like gotten to the Mm -hmm. body the deceased body within like a certain amount of time they could basically take their consciousness and transfer it into a simulant like that is that's i did not see anything like that coming and like the one soldier character's like reaction when he sees his body beside him like that was one of the scenes that like really affected me like that was that was a crazy performance there yeah yeah that's exactly what i mean by great world building like that is basically the idea of altered carbon which is a wonderful Mm. series and it explores that in this huge way of like traveling between bodies and like what does it mean to move your consciousness and all this really Mm -hmm. cool stuff that they could absolutely explore in a sequel to this movie and of course uh the child is alive at the end of the movie and so they could absolutely explore you know as her powers grow what is she doing you know you want to know what i thought how the okay okay you want want to know how how i thought the movie was going to end sure let's hear it i really love it and if I'm if I'm calling my shot and this is the end of the trilogy, okay. You know, uh, so she her powers grow, right? Her powers she's she's able to do more things. Sure. And maybe they show that she's able to work with more complex machinery, right? Mm-hmm. She's able to change the to affect things as she goes. Yeah. 
And then uh, finally, at the end of the movie, we have a human character, uh, possibly John David Washington's character. And I would love it if he's about to do something bad or violent or whatever to save her. And she reaches her hand out and just stops him. Mm. And he's like freaking out. He thinks he's a machine for a second. Right. He's like, I'm a, I'm a man. I'm not a machine. And she's like, I told you, we are the same. Mm. And the message is, we're all just complicated machines, baby. Why don't you have empathy for these machines? We're all just complex meat computers, man. And like nice. her powers as they grow are, you know, they can control humans too because it's all just machinery in the, sure. in the infinite complexity of it. Yeah, yeah. That would be, I yeah, I'm kind of sold on that. That I think that would have taken it to that next level, and maybe it would have, you know, yeah, been uh, celebrated in the halls of such classics, such as Blade Runner. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to say given that. The, given the title of the creator, like yeah, it would just make that title work even that much more. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I look for in these movies. So that so when I when I when I was thinking about how this movie should end, I was like that that would be great, and then it did, that didn't happen. Uh, but that's okay. what I'm saying. Like they have room for sequels, and it, absolutely something like that could occur in the future, or something. What happens when her powers grow? What can she can control? Sure, sure. Uh, with that in mind, like you talk about, like your suggested ending there, but I do want to like you know highlight the ending that we actually got. So <laughs> you have Alfie <laughs> descend uh, in the escape pod after you have that beautiful moment. Uh, with uh, Nirmata, Maya, and Joshua, and then you have Alfie step out of her escape pod, and you have you know like seas of of people and and androids and AI like chanting and in victory, and mm-hmm. she smiles, and it's like it's beautiful moment, beautiful moment, mm-hmm. moment of victory and celebration, and finally like Alfie was asked and uh, by one of the characters early in the film like what do you want, and it's for robots to be free, so innocent, so pure. But it's like, in a sense, like you could read that smile as kind of like ominous in a way too, because uh, effectively, like the East did win in that moment. They took down, uh, they took down Nomad, and in that sense, like you talk about her powers growing, like she could effectively do whatever she wants after that point. And, yeah, um, I did not think of it as. I agree, she absolutely could. I did not think that that smile is ominous. That's I didn't either, but I, I just I like, like the interpretation. No. Well, I mean, the only way it's interpreted sort of negatively is from sort of this like, this is not a, not meant towards you, but sort of an ethnocentric thing, which is something I th- I found interesting about the movie. The Americans are the bad guys, like just straight mm-hmm. up. Like mm-hmm. you know, we we talked a lot about how like they oh, yeah. make movies and like. America is often these days sort of a questionable force in the world. Sure. But it's rare for it to just be like, like a lot of times if the sort of, they'll have a people that are America coded that are the bad guys, like Avatar, for instance, it's earth people, but they're all American and they're all talking like this and they all have Southern accents and it's just like, (laughs) oh, they're, they're definitely Americans and they're coming to get all your unobtainium. Um, But like they're American coded. It's very rare for them to just have like, like a big evil tank rolling through a city and like it just says USA across the side. Like, oh, sure. like it's just it's just rare for it to be so explicit. And America yeah. is the bad guy. So I did not think of anything bad in that. The thing that it made me think of was just the Empire. Like this sure. was the Death Star. This was oh, yeah. Wookiees jumping up and down. That that was the thing that reminded me most of Star Wars and the whole thing was yeah. the like big chunks of ship falling and all the people cheering in the forest, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, in the non-spoiler section, I talked about you know some of the comparisons to Rogue One and like think about it. You have 
basically this device in the sky that's not capable of destroying an entire planet, but it can target in on certain sections of the planet. And that's exactly what the Death Star was in Rogue One. And then you effectively have a mission where the the person that succeeds in the mission, it's a suicide. It's a sacrifice there at the end. So it's mm. kind of like... Um, and, and I agree with you 100%. The Americans are the empire. They're the villains. Like, you yeah. look at Alice and Janney. Like, mm-hmm. you, you, the moment she gets taken out, like, that's a moment to cheer in the theater. There's no, like, sympathy oh, yeah. for her whatsoever. And um, it is great that it's kind of, like, even in that moment, like, uh, even, like, thinking about, like, potentially taking Alfie's um, smile is, is ominous. I, I That kind of rings false anyway, like, thinking about that moment because Alfie had the opportunity to do whatever she wanted, and she still chose to you know take the pacifist route there and even her experiences with you know joshua up until that point like uh while he protected her she she never once like entertained the idea of violence like i I think about when he flashed his gun when they were sitting down in that crowded space and she said i don't like this game like she's just uh totally adverse to to violence Mm, yeah yeah, I think so too. Um, and I, I well, this thing, I, you know, it's 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 whole thing. I, it's the whole. It's like Star Wars in more ways than one, and that is Star Wars asks all these complicated questions about like good and evil and parentage and all this stuff, and mm-hmm. then its answer is always like blue sword good, red sword bad. Like it's just yeah, sure. really like like this 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 movie raises all these questions but doesn't really get to any answers. But in the end it's just, you know, the the little the plucky rebels won and it's the Ewoks dancing in the forest. And instead of like some complicated well and then that's what like making a blockbuster you have to do that to some degree. Sure. Um so I so I can't and that's I think like <laughs> that's one of the reasons Another movie that this reminds me of is, or the, the ideas that I'm have that I'm talking about reminds uh-huh. me of is the Matrix trilogy, where the okay. Matrix one is big bad monsters. They're killing us. They're robots. Let's get them. It's sure. a, it's another AI story. Um, and then the second and third one aren't nearly as well received, right? Because they don't simplify it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't. It's it, they try to actually personify the AI in a way that like you start to go, ooh, maybe. It's more complicated, and then it's just you—you you can't dance on their graves anymore, and it makes the right. the ending less uh, triumphant. Okay, because <laughs> it's a peace accord. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. like that, yeah. Like you talk about Alice and Janney's character. Alice and Janney is a character who tells her story of her son's dying, right? To AI, and he also had family die. So in a way, she's just. John David Washington's character at the beginning of the movie. Sure. So like in the end instead of feeling victorious for her death, we should feel like man, it is it is sad that she didn't get the journey where she yeah. learned the truth. You know what I mean? Like and right. that's what I mean by kind of just it, it gets flattened down. Like all these interesting questions are asked and then it's the empire versus the rebels. It's just at yeah. the end of the day, which, you know, sometimes in the end it is. You have to, you have to fight at some point. You have, sure. so at some point you're being your neck's being stepped on enough that you have to fight. You have to fight the the empire, right. <laughs> as it were. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'll get talking about things. It'll get us in trouble. Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, I guess I could put it in a good place. I, I know I feel like I've been negative, and I do feel sure. have some negative feelings. But I, it's it's a wonderfully crafted film, oh, and yeah. it hits on so many levels that I love. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's really really good. Yeah. Um, no. So yeah. 
I'm right there with you. I do think we've been critical of this one, but I think that's just because I, I think there is so much there to kind of like talk about and pick apart and discuss, which is a credit to the film. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I just really have to like sing the praises of this experience overall. And I really do hope Hollywood takes away um, a few lessons from this one's in terms of like, again, while it does borrow heavily and, and wears its influence on its sleeve, it's still an original idea, not a sequel, not a prequel, not a spinoff, just a wholly original idea. I would love to see more of that. And the fact that this thing was done for somewhere in the neighborhood of like $80 million and it looks outstanding. The visual effects are Ooh. incredible. And like hearing about some of the budgets of other movies that came out like earlier this summer, like it's kind of a shame. Like they should be hanging their heads in embarrassment, like based on what this team was able to accomplish on the, on the budget they were. And, you know, I, I would, I do think part of that is the fact that Gareth Edwards has like a background in visual effects. I uh, was watching an interview um, because, you know, as the strike was still ongoing while this movie was, was getting ready to come out, he was the one that was doing all the press junkets and the tours and whatnot. So I'm just, He's very clearly very passionate and um, a very collaborative filmmaker, and I think that that just really shines across the, the screen. And um, I guess one kind of final thought here is just to sing the praises of Alfie. Like child performers are can be really hit or miss, mm. and this, the uh, the actor uh, portraying Alfie. Let me pull up her name here, Madeline Univoyles. Uh, t- as far as I know, this was her first on screen. Uh, performance and wow wow she comes across as a veteran so i'm just really excited for her future yeah no she was amazing really really amazing uh i really like i i think that no one is no one is working below like the highest levels in this movie like everything yeah. is really really well done all the craftsmen all the sets all the visual effects all the mm. the dir- the directing choices like all that i just uh i I think the trailer was so freaking good. It just got me hyped for something <laughs> more life changing, almost. And, and sure. I, yeah, so so yeah. Uh, but it, but I but I but I really did love it. Um, yeah. And so uh, you guys should check it out. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I guess that's about all for our first multiverse reviews episode. Woohoo! Woo! We hope you guys enjoyed this, and let us know. Let us know if you enjoyed it, because uh, we will keep doing more things if you like them. So, yeah. <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> That's how that works. All right, guys. Uh, J. Scotty, tell them where they can find you online. Yeah, you can also find me over at Animation Deliberation. It's the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. And uh, Spy Family Season 2 is just around the corner. And Futurama on Hulu just wrapped up its season. So a lot of uh, exciting things to talk about. Check out Animation Deliberation wherever you get your podcast. Mm, absolutely and uh yeah the big one for me has got to be mcu cast this week marvel cinematic universe podcast is where we talk about the marvel uh of it all and loki season two starts this week loki season one was one of my favorite things of the last few years so i'm really really excited for loki season two so please join us for that on marvel cinematic universe podcast i'm low-key excited for that (laughs) (laughs) nerd and we'll be back soon peace you stay classy multiverse Keep watching those movies.